Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E K O health.com. And use code PAPA for 10% off the stethoscope of your choice. Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. Hello listeners, and welcome back to the Nurse Papa podcast. Before we go any further, I'd like to give a shout out to my generous sponsor, Echo Health, a company that helps nurses and doctors hear better. When I listen to little hearts and lungs at work, I use my 3M Litman Core digital stethoscope, powered with advanced Echo Core technology. With the press of a button, the sounds I hear can be enhanced 40 times, from this to this. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E K O health.com. And use code PAPA for 10% off the stethoscope of your choice. And thank you as well for your amazing comments and reviews. Every episode, I've asked my listeners to leave a review of either Nurse Papa the Book on Amazon or Nurse Papa the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, and you've never let me down. In exchange, I offer a thank you for my two kids. This week, we'll be offering a shout-out to a fellow dad named Steven, who left a simply kick-ass review of my book. Here it is, Steven, and thanks a lot. Thank you, Steven. We appreciate the review that you left. You are awesome possum! Thank you, thank you, thank you, Steven! I'm sorry to say that this will most likely be the last episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast. I've done what I set out to do with this little show of mine. But I realize that it's time now for me to focus my energies on other neglected parts of my life. I originally created this show to bring attention to my book, but for me, and I believe for so many of you, it became something much more. So many of you have taken the time to write to me about your various parental problems, and in the process of addressing your many issues, I have discovered that I have a bit of a knack for doling out insightful and cheeky advice that I certainly would struggle to follow myself. Hmm. Oh well. I've also had the opportunity to relive some of the most frightful and cringeworthy moments of parenting to my two young kids. You've heard all about it, from a tragic mental breakdown in the pizza line at Costco, to my unfortunate outer body experience when my toddler son declared, Papa, I hate you. Although it was certainly beyond me to find any humor, much less wisdom, deep in the foxhole of dadhood moments such as these, I have somehow been able to manufacture a bit of grace and a great deal of comedy in their retelling. Thank you for listening, and for helping me to realize that it was the hardest moments which taught me the most, and the times of greatest sadness which revealed my capacity for joy as a dad. The most important lesson I've learned as a parent is a subtle one though. There are many ways to be a dad or mom, 
and often we focus on our actions in relation to our kids. What we do is important, of course, but how we do those things is just as important. The frame of mind you bring into rearing your young ones shapes your experience, and also the experience of your kids. Do it with joy if you can, even when it really sucks. That attitude, or at least that attempt of an attitude, can make all the difference. As I have been thinking about that little kernel of wisdom, I've also pondered what story of parenthood to spin in this very last episode of the Nurse Papa podcast. But every time I sit down to write, my inspiration leaves me. I end up staring into an empty corner of the room, my mind unexpectedly blank. It's a bit of emptiness that might have made me feel quite discontent at one time, but for now at least, I'm okay with the blankness. Being a dad and being a husband is enough for me these days. In that spirit, for this last episode, I'm going to bring back my very first episode. It brings me back to a time when I began to truly reconsider what my role of a dad means to me and to the little humans who are subjected to it. So sit back and enjoy what started it all. This, my friends, is the sport of parenting. Enjoy. The Sport of Parenting If parenting were a sport, which would it be? And are parents the team owners or the players? Just this morning, my three-year-old son threw a shoe at my head. We were all out together at a restaurant when it happened. I was not prepared for this footwear assault, but I probably should have been. What surprised me the most was not that my dear son chose to beam me with one of his gross, mud-encrusted shoes, but rather that he passed up many more enticing and accessible objects to maim me with. Directly within his toddler reach was a crumb-speckled butter knife, a plastic cup filled with primary colored crayons, a full glass of water, and a very aerodynamically designed salt shaker. Yes, the kind that looks just like a rocket, just dying to be launched into the heavens. Four, three, two, one, ignition. Or a dad's face. None of these shiny, pedestrian dining objects were good enough for my boy. Instead, he committed to the extraordinary effort of slyly removing one of his beloved PJ Mask-themed shoes beneath the table, and once freed from his chubby foot, threw it with all his might directly at my face. I had been distracted helping his older sister with her own coloring dilemmas and was not paying attention to him at that moment. Even so, my papa sense must have been on point. Just before that size 8 reached my cheek, my free hand plucked it from the air. Parenthood has bestowed upon me reflexes like a jungle cat. I have no idea why my son decided that this violent act was a good idea. From recent past experience, he would have reasonably expected a swift and angry response from his dad for such an indignity. I also don't know what slight on my part had inspired such a bold move. 
It could have been when I told him an hour beforehand that he couldn't run wildly into the street, or even earlier when I proclaimed that he must eat breakfast before he ate a treat. It could have been both of these things, or neither of them. It might have been a "Don't do that, please" that had occurred five minutes beforehand, or a forgettable incident which happened the month before last, or even his perceived anticipation of something I was just about to do to him, which inspired his aggression towards me. It could have been the way the cold breeze was blowing that early morning, or perhaps the slightly perceived angle of the Earth as it orbits around our sun, which inspired his violence. Nobody except the boy will ever know. And he ain't talking. As his father, I usually possess very little understanding of where this impulsive behavior arises from, and even less of a clue of what to do about it when it does rear its angry little shoe in my face. If parenting were to be considered a sport, it would most certainly be classified as a full contact one, fully physical, fully emotional, fully psychological, fully frustrating. Fully tiresome, fully joyful, fully, 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 full contact, and we all have suffered some amount of family PTSD, even though we always wear our helmets, especially on our scooters. Yeah. And if parenting is indeed a sport, and my family of four humans, the members that comprise a team, I am often left wondering which role is mine, and which are the roles of the other team members. At one smug point in this journey of raising kids, I was more than confident that my wife and I were co-owners of this crazy kid team, and the kids are athlete subordinates. After all, we started this organization from nothing. We brought both these babies up from the G League all the way up to the pros. We were in charge. We called all the shots. Hell, we bankrolled this posse with money, sweat, tears, and thousands of compostable diapers. It was ours. As the kids came fully online, though, they became more aware of the world and aware of us too. Oh! It became clear that we parents were certainly not in charge, at least not all of the time, and definitely not as we had planned to be. Half the time, our children run the show. We bend to their needs and stipulations. We answer to their strident orders and desultory demands. So, if we aren't team owners. Perhaps we are the coaches. My wife and I possess a combined 84 years' experience playing this game of life. We've seen a lot. What works? What doesn't? What hasn't even been tried? We've read the game rulebook forwards and backwards. Clearly, we have many lessons to teach our pediatric players about how this game is played. This role feels right, almost. There are many moments when my ability and patience to impart knowledge. Matches up well with my kids' comprehension and willingness to take it in. I got an idea. More often than not, though, my didactic pleas are lost to the ether in an otherwise cold and dark universe. There is too much crying, fighting, whining, huffing, and puffing for any of us to have a meaningful exchange. These kids don't play the game the way I've taught them to. They storm the field naked and without padding. They run backwards around the bases. They play the way they want to, the way that feels right to them. It feels like I'm just here to patch the boo-boos, wipe the boogers, brush off the butts, and clean off the semi-permanent ink. What is even more striking 
is that it often seems that our children have become our coaches. Just by being themselves, they reveal truths we ask for, and many which we do not. They each teach us lessons which we would otherwise never have learned, or even have been inquisitive about. My daughter's insatiable curiosity forces me to answer questions for which I really have no satisfactory explanations, to imagine improbable worlds which exist only in her fabulous mind. She routinely points out little gems of life which I would never have noticed, a tiny snail resting on a green leaf, a single vibrant pink flower high in the boughs of an otherwise naked tree. My son's constant smile and reliable good nature remind me not to take every setback in life so seriously, to relax when I can. He runs head down and arms at his side toward all life's possibilities without worrying about what awaits him around the corner. Sometimes he falls, but he always gets right back up and continues on. I have learned from both of these wise children that as their dad, there will be sucky times and there will be amazing times, and I may often be puzzled to tell the difference between the two. So, if we aren't owners and nothing in our contracts stipulates our roles as coaches, then I guess we parents are merely players on the same dysfunctional team as our kids play for, albeit grizzled veterans with something to teach. This feels true. This feels right. We all sit in the same dugout, calling the plays together, yelling at the ref when the game does not go our way, and celebrating each other when it does. There is indeed a pecking order. How could there not be? But it is a generous and modular one. As soon as one team member realizes that he or she is on top, the order changes, and we all have to adjust and move on. Family is a sport that prepares children for the game of life that is to come for them. Where else can they strike out, break a bat on their knee, kick dust in the ump's face, get ejected from the game, and still be invited back for more fun and fracture in the next game in just a few hours? Remember, a family game is almost always a doubleheader. This grizzled veteran player is still learning more about the sport of parenting every game he plays. When my son threw his shoe at my face, I did not react as he probably thought or hoped I would. After all, that's what he wants, right? A reaction? To get under my skin? To show me who's boss? To remind me that he exists and that no matter what shit he pulls, I won't leave him in the dust. But I didn't get angry this time. Instead, I showed him a new play that I had been working on for quite a while and had only pulled off a few times in secret. As I held that smelly shoe with a hole in it aloft in my hand, I stared right back into his beautiful blue eyes, a shade we both view the world through, and asked him without much hope for a reply, Why did you throw your shoe at me? I love you, boo. Don't hurt me. Please? My son flashed me a naughty smile back, but said nothing. Even so, it felt like an understanding between us, which did not exist before, now somehow did. It was a big moment for me, one in which I could feel my heart and my brain expanding in new directions. But I did not have much time to savor it. Once again, my papa sense tingled up and down my spine, alerting me to impending trouble. 
I ducked quickly to the side as my son's other shoe hurled past my nose like a baseball line drive that no shortstop would ever possibly catch. This was going to be a very long game of parenting. Remember, Nurse Papa is also a book. Within it, you'll find stories that might just change how you look at life and, indeed, parenting. Nurse Papa has been my labor of love, but it offers much more than my own perspective. You'll learn from the voices of seasoned nurses, some of my young patients, and these patients' parents, each adding their own personal perspective about love, life, death, and learning. Nurse Papa is now available for purchase on Amazon and other bookseller sites. Please consider picking up a copy and, when you're done, leaving a public review on Amazon, Goodreads, or anywhere else where people go to find meaningful books. Thank you so much for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast. Nurse Papa!